Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, our Christmas journey, kind of um, what happens to it is that um, the, the whole sort of journey of Christmas, um, you find yourself in this, in this situation where your, your energy levels are running as low as your bank account. <laughs> and it kind of it goes on the same level, doesn't it? You find yourself, you, you start off in the beginning of December with a, with a plan and an idea, and you find, you, you find your bank account and your energy levels kind of start, start dropping at the same rate. And, uh, and you're wondering whether you have this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make it on Christmas Day. Will, will, you, will you just make it to the end of the month? And it's because we realize that we live in a finite world with finite resources and, and finite capabilities and, and finite abilities. And so we have um, a finite bank account. That's the one thing that we're believing God for. A miracle, isn't it? We want an infinite bank account. But it, that prayer never gets answered. And, uh, uh, and, and we, we want to... We, we, while we might want those things, the other thing that we want is, is energy and strength. And, and strength comes in many capacities. The ability to be able to, to, um, to just keep going, to, to have joy. It's amazing how having energy for, for life and vision to keep going requires a huge amount of internal life, drive, energy, and, and all of those things um, we find are finite within us, that, that there are experiences in life which actually drain your mental, emotional, spiritual capacity, and you find you're, you're running on just a little bit less than you were before, and, and if you keep going through those things, then you begin to run out completely, and you begin to grow a little bit weary. The Bible says... Um, the Bible says, um, it says, uh, do not grow weary while doing good. It's, uh, um, it, it's, one of those, it's one of those commands, but it's not really a command. It's a, it's a point, it's a, it's a message of wisdom. It's a wisdom message. Don't grow weary while doing good. And it's the doing good that normally causes us to grow most weary. Isn't it? it? Because doing good requires an emotional, it's the effort, the extra effort that you put in causes a drain on the inside and you grow weary in the process of that. And, and, um, and yet what it doesn't say is how you don't grow weary. It just says, don't do it. <laughs> Which is really, the Bible does that a lot. It's really annoying. It's uh, <laughs> you're like, you're, okay, just tell me how, all right? And, uh, but the, the reason why it doesn't is that uh, the Bible says um, that it, um, it, is the, it is the glory of God to hide a matter, but the glory of kings to discover them. And, and the reason for that is that, that the truth which is discovered, understanding, is held more precious and dearly to your heart than things which you're just told. Yeah. Have you noticed that parents of, uh, of any children that have grown up will understand that the things you tell your children are not the things they value the same as the things which they've discovered for themselves along the way. 
They, if you give them a list of commands, they, it's kind of like it's not because you're taking the ability for them to think for themselves away from them. And God never designed a life that he, we, he would just tell us what to do. The Bible is full of mystery because he wants us to s- discover yeah. its truth and, and, and discover where it is you, you kind of get that energy from. I want to take the toast to, to uh, an unusual piece of scripture in Joshua chapter 14. We're going to go to Caleb. And Caleb, for those of you who don't know, Caleb and Joshua were the two, the only two survivors that left Egypt when Israel were, were slaves in Egypt. And they left Egypt with Moses and they, they enter, went on a journey, a 40-year journey into the promise, towards the promised land. But they, the rest of the nation of Israel never made it. Because of their unbelief and because they they didn't believe they could make it. But Joshua and Caleb, at 85 years of age, entered into the promised land. And it says here, and this is Joshua, this is Caleb, sorry, speaking to Joshua. And we're going to read from uh, Joshua 14, verse 7. It says, I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back to him, I brought back word to him as it was in my Ha! Nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet... I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. That's a remarkable statement, isn't it? There's there's something extraordinary about a man who's 85 years of age uh, and just has that internal strength. I used to go to the gym. You can tell not. And uh, (laughs) I used to go to the gym. And in the gym, there was a guy there. Um, I think his name was Methuselah, and uh, he was actually, he was 92 years of age, and he was always in the gym. To be honest with you, I think if he didn't go to the gym, he just might, and uh, so he was always in the gym, and he was just, he was constant, and he was extraordinary. He was pulling weights that were like, okay, well, I could possibly pull those weights but it would take effort and there he is like this veins are popping out actually everything was popping out but that's not the point it was like when you're that old it's not a lot holding it together so there he is and he's like and he's pulling all these weights and and he's 92 years of age and you're looking at it thinking to yourself right some people have given up on life for you know 20 years before that what causes a person to have that kind of energy what causes them to have that? What caused Caleb to go through the wilderness for 40 years? They're only in the wilderness for 40 years because the people went, I don't think we can do this. They quit before they tried. I don't think we can do this. And Caleb, he's in the wilderness, but instead of being disheartened, he's living in the promise that where he walked shall be his inheritance. And something is driving him with such strength that he has the capability. We read here, that Caleb was promised, it says here in verse 7, it says, I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. But then it says, but those 
those who disbelieved, those who were, their hearts were melted. So the condition of the energy, your strength, your capability, while it may be to do with diet and good exercise and, and, and wise living, the reality is what you hold in your heart is what you're capable of living life by. It says in, it says in uh, Colossians, um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Uh, Colossians is a, is a small uh, book written in the New Testament. Um, and Paul is writing to the church. And he says, whatever you do, do it heartily or do it with all your heart as to the Lord and not to men. It's the same principle that Caleb employed. Caleb had a heart that was fully toward the things of God and not the things of men. What caused him to be able to have a heart that was so empowered that it enabled him to just keep going? A remarkable strength. There's something on the inside, something within his heart was stronger. Now it says here in Numbers chapter 14, Numbers 14 verse 24, let me just read this to you. It says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. He had a different See, Many people have often wondered, well, what was different about his spirit? Do you ever meet someone who manages to rise above circumstances, a situation? Maybe maybe someone who's, who's... who's been born in one of our, I was just chatting away uh, to my, um, my nephew, um, I was chatting away, um, he has some, some friends that he's been sort of working with, etc. And, and one of them was a, a girl that she, um, her family were virtually, most of her family were unemployed, none of them had been to university, none of them had done anything, but she had achieved, she's university, she was a, um, she had achieved everything, and no one else in the family had managed to do that. Which in itself shows it's not, just, it's not just intellect that gets you into a place of success. It's something in your heart. Are you with me? It's what's in your heart. The drive to be able to do that. What sits in a person's heart that rises? You ever look at them and go, what's it? But you see in the kingdom of God, there is something which see God demands, asks, sorry. I should say demand is a, is a strong, is a demand is a... Is, is, we, we speak about these things that there is a demand on love. But, but here's the thing that God asks of us that we would give him our whole heart. That our heart would be toward him. And if our heart is toward him, then he is able to do incredible things through us. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Let me ask you this question. Because I've created the problem but not given you the answer. Here's the, here's the question, right? In all our finiteness and limitations, I should ask James and Laura because they've probably, I don't know if there's anyone here who's got more than four kids, right? Uh, there's normally one or two, but you're, you're the big family members. Right, okay. So when you had your first son, Nathan, right? Gorgeous boy, extraordinarily intelligent, right? He had this, which amazed us. And uh, <laughs> how did that happen? And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, here, here he is. Uh, and 
he's, you, you have this extraordinary amount of love for your, your son, right? When Lily turns up, who's not just intelligent, but is going to rule the world, right? So she's, uh, by the way, you have to watch out for her. She will. She'll, she'll rule everything. So here she is. She turns up. And then um, your love for her is not now divided between her and Nathan, right, is it? It's not, it's not, that's the thing about families, right? You don't have a finite amount of love. You have a finite amount of everything else, but you don't have a finite, you have the same volume of love and uniqueness in itself. It's not shared out. It's the, it's the same volume, the same quantity, the same, it's immeasurable, and then Ben, who came to destroy the world, didn't he? <laughs> and and uh, so, <laughs> so Ben came to destroy the world. And, and here, now you've got three amounts of love for, for three, three children. And then Alice turns up, who looks like an angel, <laughs> but is in fact probably... As destructive as Ben, isn't she? But she has the face. See, Ben's never going to get away with it. But she definitely is, right? And so so now you've got four children and you have four infinite amounts of love. And it's never even questioned in your heart whether there is an ability to run out of love. For your love for your children is always pure and infinite. You never run out of it. It has no limitation. It has no finite boundaries. And love is what empowers you to do the things you need to do to raise your children. To do the things that you have for each other. Love for your spouse, your, 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 your special number one. Love for them causes you to do things in life that is beyond the limitations of the finiteness of your normal emotional, mental, financial capabilities. That love takes a different place within a person's heart and gives you the drive, gives you the energy. See, what empowered Caleb wasn't, his different spirit was a spirit that was simply motivated by love for God. He just simply loved what was different. He just simply loved God. You know, when you, when you love God, your Bible says the two most important commands in the Bible. The Lord says this. Let me, let me just read this to you. In, in Matthew 28, 36 to 38, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. It goes on to say, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You you shall show to your person next to you. In other words, what, why was God speaking that? Because it is the power of that ability to show love, to give love, which is what empowers you to find the energy and the strength to go beyond the normal limitations of your own heart. What empowers parents to keep going with their children when they go through when families go through difficult times what what empowers relationships to go through that it is a love for one another there isn't that see love has an infinite capability but God says he says you shall love the Lord your God now it's not a command it's a voice of wisdom because a command isn't it's like 
If I said to Cheryl, you shall love me, I guarantee the one thing that won't happen, <laughs> right, <laughs> is love, right? It would be a face. <laughs> if I were to make a command, any command to Cheryl, what would I get? I would get a face, right? And the face would tell me, keep your distance. <laughs> because I would have crossed a line, right? Because love is not demanding. So this is a law which is a different kind of requirement. It's a voice of wisdom that says, see, the law of God is not you shall not, you shall not. The law of God is about these are the great ways of living. And if you live by them, these are the blessings that shall abundantly come to you. The Bible says all things, I can do all things, but not all things are profitable for me. In other words, there's a great way of living and there's a, there's a, there's a less than great way of living. But the extraordinary life of God. See, let me finish with this. See, what empowered God to give his son that he might go through the history of the world? How much do we look at? See, we look at humanity and we see... We see the nations of the world. We see the turmoil. We see that there are political despots. There are places, people that we, we, we like to hate. There are the North Koreas of this world that is just, it's good for everyone. Mm, yeah, yeah, bad people over there. But think about God. He doesn't think of humanity in the same manner. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the fact that in the world, God looks at humanity and loves it. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He so loved the world. That is, he so loved everyone. He was prepared to allow humanity to do whatever they wanted to do just so that he could create a space where they could choose love. Because love in any other form isn't love at all. And so the choice of love is what gives you the strength, the power to make it to your 85 years. To make it through that time of hardship. To get beyond your depression. To get beyond your, your struggles, your heartaches, your pain. Love is what germinates hope. And hope is what empowers a life into faith. And so... We understand in this place, for God so loved the world. We live in a world that loves, loves to hate, wants to take vengeance. I read a book, um, it's recently become a movie called American Assassin. It's really cool. Not one you talk about in church much. And uh, obvious reasons. The clue's in the title. But it's desperately sad from a godly perspective because it's just about vengeance. The world feels like if they can get vengeance. But God just wants to bring love. He's not interested in the vengeance. Vengeance for what they've done to his name, done to his son. He's not, he, he's not looking for vengeance on anything. He just wants people to know that he loves them. And if we love him, we find ourselves stepping into an energy source that drives us in all things. 
same kind of love that we have for our children. We can drive when we love God applies to every aspect of our life because God covers your workplace. He covers your marriage. He covers your home. He covers your career. He covers your dreams. He covers you love God. You'll have the energy, the drive, the capability to do all those things. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.